in the bodywork healing world, there's a practice called soul retrieval. The general idea is that whenever we suffer some sort of trauma, parts of our soul leave our bodies in order to survive the experience, whatever that experience may be. Soul, if you are wondering, is described as our life force, our essence, that vital the energy that's part of our vitality that keeps us alive and thriving. You may or may not resonate with that language, so use whatever word works for you and your mind to, to explain that experience. Specifically, soul retrieval is a shamanic practice that assists those fragmented parts of our, of the, of the soul in returning to the body. The parts of the soul come home, so to speak, so that we can be whole again. You can imagine what some of those traumatic events would be. Death, divorce, war, abuse, violence, acting against our morals, Accidents, surgeries, addiction, the loss of a job, natural disasters, being torn from your family or your parents or your children, land seized by eminent domain, racism, oppression, experiencing those things. Listing all those, it's clear that it involves pain or loss of some kind. What might call soul loss in one person doesn't necessarily cause it in another. You can understand from this brief explanation that this is one way to describe a feeling that exists of fragmentation when we experience grief and loss and trauma. And if we didn't experience fragmentation and separation, then we would feel whole all the time. No pain, no suffering, so there would be no need to talk about it. We would just all be fine. But that's not really what being human is about, is it? <laughs> I'm going to guess that most of us in this room know what it means to suffer, either emotionally or spiritually or mentally or physically, or some combination of all those. I began to think of it again as a continuum on the easy end is kind of disappointment, and it moves through gradually to other things. Events happen on that easy end, easy-ish end, and we, we either know what to do or we learn what to do to survive those things so that when that something crops up again, we know how to make it through it, and we know we can make it through it, and if there's something else that comes up that might be a little harder. We know that we got through that, so we maybe here's how we can get through this. And then it helps us to know how to be there for others when they're going through something. When I was in my mid-30s, I was in the process of ending a relationship. He lived on the East Coast, and I lived in California. I decided not to go home for Christmas that year for the first time in my life. I would not be with my large and loud and very fun family. Part of it was money. I couldn't afford the airfare, and part of, part of it was that I wanted to see how I would handle it. It would happen eventually that my parents would die, and since I wasn't sure what Christmases might look like after that, I, I, I wondered how it would feel not to go home. So I decided 
to find out what it would take for me to get through that. So I went to the laundromat. I sat there waiting for my clothes to wash and dry, and I just let myself cry. Tears streaming down my face, like big tears streaming down my face. Now, you might not think, you might think that I would be the only one there on Christmas Eve, but no, in fact, <laughs> there were others there at the laundromat on Christmas Eve. And one woman about my age came up to me and she put her hand on my knee. I was sitting up on a table and she put her hand on my knee and she said, are you okay? And I nodded yes. And then I managed to squeak out. I'm not going home for Christmas this year and I'm ending my a relationship and I'm just letting myself cry. She nodded sympathetically and said some comforting words and she moved on. But a man nearby overheard this, and in a few minutes, he, he came over and he sympathized with me, and he gave me some solid advice, actually, about how to make it through Christmas Day. As it turns out, I did my day almost exactly the way he laid out. I learned that I could make it through, and not only that, I really learned to enjoy Christmas Day by myself. But there's a deeper kind of suffering that happens to us. At the far end of the spectrum... As far as I know, anyway, if it gets worse than that, I'm not sure I want to know. And that is brokenness. Brokenness, as described by Terry Taylor in the book, A Spirituality of Brokenness, is where we feel unacceptable and unloved and unworthy. It's when we feel that something is deeply wrong with us, that something is missing in who we are. A brokenness makes us embarrassed that to be who we are, and more than that, embarrassed that we even exist. You may or may not have ever felt this way. This type of brokenness is more than a temporary emotion or set of circumstances. It is far beyond suffering, loss, and grief, though those may contribute to it. This brokenness is a felt state of being. And we can feel broken whether or not we actually are broken. Sometimes it's only a part of our life that feels fractured. And there's this pervasive sense in our culture that there's a way that we ought to be or a way that we should be. So we spend a good bit of our time covering up and trying to look okay. But covering up and trying to be what we should be actually keeps us from accepting who we really are deep in our center, and it robs the world of the gift that we are to the world. The human journey is about finding how to mend that brokenness so that we realize the wholeness of who we are. Part of healing our brokenness is about what we do with our, with our pain. And that can be emotional pain or mental pain, physical pain, or spiritual pain. Author Jeff Brown implores us to link together our emotions and our spirituality. Emotional maturity and spiritual maturity are synonymous, he says. They're not distinct from each other. We must craft a model for healing that understands this. If we separate the two, then we're no longer equipped to deal with our pain when it emerges yet again in the middle of the night. We let go 
of our psychotherapists and our spiritual directors. We skip church and we forget about community. We let go of our support and we think we can make it on our own. But as someone once said, joy doesn't wake you in the middle of the night. The pain grows larger, hidden as it was in those shadows, and it now refuses to go back to sleep. Some of those wounds are caused by what happens to us, caused by cho- some caused by choices that we make ourselves, and the older I get and the more I learn, I know that some of those wounds are caused from a fragmented society, a society that is unjust and privileges certain groups of people and oppresses others. We're left with this chasm of false separation and helplessness, And spirituality helps us to resolve those inner wounds. It helps us honor our stories, to own them and tell the truth, and to frame our stories in a different way. It helps us to embrace our egos, to love our humanness, to take action. Spirituality and connecting spirituality and emotional healing helps us to look at life again and say, yes, I will love you again. Ring the bells that still can ring, says Leonard Cohen. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Accepting and knowing our brokenness can be the first move toward greater wholeness. The light gets into those deep and secret places. Light shines in on those places in the shadow, illuminates our creativity, Our doubt forces us to face or run from our fears and forces us to seek community, forces us to realize that we are whole, we are whole, in spite of our brokenness. And maybe we are whole because of our brokenness. And the Japanese mending practice of kintsugi Cracks in pottery are filled with gold and become even more valuable. The gold doesn't hide the cracks. It makes them shine. This practice treats breakage and repair as part of the history of an object rather than a flaw to be disguised. Our brokenness creates the contours of our wholeness shapes who we are, and love filled with those, filled in those cracks makes us shine. Our journeys are always toward wholeness, even when it doesn't seem that way. In case you need to hear it today, you are loved, you are lovable, you are loving, you are worthy, you are whole. Dance then in the light of God and all the gods and goddesses that we meet on our journey. Please rise and body your spirit and join in singing Siahamba. It's 1030 in the Teal Hymnal. <laughs> 